0: Have you ever been a part of something great? Something big? Something that had purpose and impacted many lives and maybe impacted you even more than you could have dreamed? A St. Louis church is prepping now for one of their great events. It reaches more people in their community than perhaps they could have ever imagined. Let's call it a modern day feeding of the 5,000. We're getting the scoop on this action in ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action
1: in ministry.
0: Thanks for joining us for Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legutte. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and I've got to say it is one of my favorite Holidays, I know that if you're like me, the mere mention of the word floods your mind with thoughts of a decadent meal, of delicious turkey and dressing, and buttery rolls, and maybe even grandma's famous pumpkin pie. Well, Concordia Lutheran Church in St. Louis has found a way to reach those who may not have the luxury of enjoying such an amazing meal, and it's proved to be a huge success on all sides. Joining me today is one of the organizers of this turkey blessing, Matt Shelp as well as one of their volunteers, Dave Lanius. Describing your event is making me hungry already. Guys, thanks so much for coming in to talk with us today.
2: Glad to be here. Thanks.
0: So, Matt, can we begin by you giving us just a brief overview? What is the Turkey Blessing?
2: Turkey Blessings is something that was, I guess, dreamt up at Concordia Lutheran Church as a way to have community outreach to impact the community, and to uh, involve men of our congregation in um, an active way of uh, declaring the ministry. And what it is is that we um, essentially raise money, and we buy a turkey dinner that feeds a family of five, and we distribute um, that turkey dinner in our church's parking lot on a Sunday afternoon uh, after church. And um, we have done it now for three years, We have gotten better at it and enjoyed the traffic jams, but uh, essentially we uh, have an opportunity to touch those in our community with a word of prayer, a very, very short and simple message, and give them uh, uh, turkeys to ensure that their families can enjoy a Thanksgiving dinner.
0: So you said this has been going on for three years now? That's right. Okay, so let's back up to the very beginning. What were your initial thoughts? Like, How many people did you think that you would maybe be able to help serve a turkey dinner to?
2: I've always been, like you mentioned, uh, a big fan of Thanksgiving.
0: It's my favorite.
2: (laughs) And I also uh, was really looking for an opportunity at Concordia to find a way that could get uh, the men's ministry active again. I had come up with this idea about providing Thanksgiving dinners. I believe, it, I believe in the keep it simple mantra. And so I was really stressing that we wanted to do it in the parking lot. We wanted to make it very sort of objective to encourage the men to participate. And then, if you will, a little divine intervention. Our church, it has a foundation that had received a gift um, within the last decade that was aimed at providing food um, for the, you know, for for the hungry. And so I brought this idea up kind of on a whim with our COO. And she said, you're not going to believe this. We have $25,000 of seed money and Turkey Blessings was born.
0: You said the mantra, keep it simple. You're telling me that $25,000. What's the scope of this project? How many people get served?
2: Well, as I said, we, we've given out uh, each year Essentially, we've given out a thousand turkey dinners. The first year, because we rely on you know Facebook and social media and we specifically try to reach out just in our immediate community, um, the response was was very strong. We ended up giving out all the turkey dinners, but it took us about eight hours. The next year, we gave the thousand turkey dinners out in three hours. We've had to uh, hire, Police officers and have traffic management systems, and they bring in road signs. And it's fairly amazing that um, after our uh, morning service on the Sunday, there's a line of cars that I don't think it's an exaggeration to say stretches upwards of two miles.
0: Oh, my goodness. That kind of touches on this idea of logistics. So, there's the logistics of getting people through your facility. But what about storing and prepping all of these meals? How on earth do you handle that much food?
2: we buy the turkeys and we give a frozen turkey. Um, That's the, I guess, the main item that we give away. And so one of the things we specifically do is we try to do it that Sunday before Thanksgiving, because that's about the time you need to defrost, uh, you know, a fully frozen turkey. So the timing uh, worked out great. So we bring a freezer truck that parks uh, on our uh, parking lot. And we also have the other items, potatoes, green beans, gravy. Um, We've had a few different things mixed in there, but those items are all dry goods that don't need to be refrigerated, so they're delivered uh, to our church the week before at some point, point. and then on Saturday. One of the great aspects of this is we have a, a service where that, that the men attend, and then um, we all get together and prepare all the boxes, some materials that we have that go with it, um, some Bibles are given away, and uh, you know sort of assemble everything in our parking lot. We do have a forklift, we do have a, a truck, so there are some you know uh, logistical things.
0: That probably helps cut down the time from eight hours to to, to three hours, you said. Well, Dave, um, I'd like to know at what point you decided to jump into this process as a volunteer and maybe a little bit um, more about what your role looks like.
1: Sure. Well, Concordia has always had a, a few different smaller men's groups um, and Bible studies, but it's kind of always been a challenge to engage the larger group, especially younger men and uh, family men. And so um, I think when Matt and several of the others uh, started this project, it resonated with a lot of people uh, that this was something that they could actually participate in. It didn't have a long-term commitment per se, but it, but it was something that both resonated with their hearts and also that they would be see fitting into their lives. So we had some fundraising activities. They had a barbecue. A variety of different uh, ways that um, the men could come together to do some fundraising, and that helps start build some relationships around the process. But really, the event's been very well organized, so mm-hmm. it was really great to start with worship. It it brings mm-hmm. everybody focused on the, the purpose, and that it's not us giving away turkeys. Really, it's it's we're sharing God's blessings. And then on Sunday, um, we usually have little teams where. A couple people will help put the food in the car, but then uh, there will be one or two people who will greet the people and ask them uh, if they have anything on their hearts that we can pray for them. Um, Just nothing beyond that and uh, just really provides a neat way of of, uh, connecting with them. So I got to do that the first time.
0: I've heard you both mention that your men's groups are doing this, and I saw some video clips that um, that you'd sent over, um, and it's all men who are working together in this video. Is it only the men of your congregation who are involved, the men's groups?
2: I think that, you know, I think Dave mentioned it and I mentioned it. You know, we were looking for some energy. And again, the opportunity to have, you know, several events, maybe two or three events around this, and the fundraising has served to build relationships Um, and also, you know, men like to do things. And so when you have pallets of food and you have boxes that need to be taped and things that need to be moved and, uh, things like that, it just really seems to appeal to our men. And, um, you know, there's some great memories I have of looking the first year, you know, we had no idea how it would go, but we're looking across, we, we box a lot of it up inside in our cafeteria, our school's cafeteria. And it was really neat to see, um, you know, grandfather's fathers and sons all together, working together to, you know, to do this. And so um, I think it is become one of the highlights, certainly, of our men's ministry. And um, I think it's something that has gained some traction and really helped uh, with that community in our church.
0: Hey, Dave, as a volunteer, how have you seen, like, this increased involvement with the different groups of men, maybe the different generations? Like, how have you seen that impact your community? Well,
1: I think uh, certainly just for myself, um It was special to uh, share that with my sons, participating in it. One of the neat things for me was seeing my 19 year old son that first year when the line of cars was getting pretty long and they said, we need to get started. And we weren't quite ready with all the the staffing, but we got the line started. And so he would have felt more comfortable probably putting food in the cars, but he stepped up and took one of the prayer rolls and. Just from a distance, watching my son engaging with people, greeting them with a smile, and then um, asking if he could pray for them, and then praying for them. Um, I think that took him outside of what would you would think of as his comfort zone, but also probably expanded his understanding of what it means to serve. I think it's really been neat that the young men, the, the kids, can see their father's and other dads and other men serving, it I really does kind of provide a, a role model of how you can serve in your life.
2: Mm.
0: I think that helps also as as a, the men in the congregation are setting an example for one another. I'm also wondering what that example then is that gets extended into the community. and I think um, as a church, what what are your goals spiritually for the people who are coming? into your space? I mean, maybe that's a weird way of putting it, but what are your hopes for the people who are coming to receive this blessing?
2: You know, that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that, you know, interestingly enough has been, you know, debated a little bit around this, Mm -hmm. uh, this effort. You know, I think philosophically, you know, my goals are to let the Holy Spirit, you know, take over. Um, As Dave said, it's incredible. Um, I could go on for two hours and tell you stories just of what, individuals share with us um when we're asking to pray with them and you know uh it's pretty it's pretty remarkable and I've seen um certainly that lead to significant growth of uh, spiritual growth with the members of our congregation and so you know maybe somewhat perversely um I wasn't sure that that was a goal but certainly in retrospect that's something that has been achieved and, and its it's I think it's built up like I said um, the spiritual lives of many of the men in our congregation from a standpoint of, um, you know, the individuals that come through the line. I mean, again, we're really trying to keep it simple. And I wasn't being flipped when I said, you know, let the Holy spirit, um, do with it as he may. We basically arm people with three bullet points, you know, just a real simple explanation of why we're doing this. Like one year was we're doing this because he first loved us. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And as Dave said, you know, I think in, you know, modern St. Louis, having someone reach out in the name of the Lord and offer to pray is something that, particularly to a stranger, is something that I think many of the men in our congregation haven't done. And, you know, I know many have been on mission trips and things like that, but frankly, sometimes those settings are a little easier than right there in your own community. And uh, watching them do that and uh, seeing the response that has generated has been, you know, amazing. So, I don't really know that we had an overall goal, but um, it's been something that certainly uh, we've probably gotten more out of as a church um, than those that received uh, the dinners from us.
1: I think too that we didn't do it with where people had to sign up and have line tickets or anything like that. It was as people came, and so we we weren't sure who would come. We didn't turn anybody away. you know we were welcoming to everybody it really doesn't take a lot of effort on our part to just say hi and, and ask if there's something you can pray for somebody but even just 3 to 5 minutes with someone it, it's kind of amazing how how quickly you can connect with someone and how open the people were over and over and over to share concern and on that's on their heart and surprisingly for a group of men, there were a a lot of tears. And I'm not just talking about the people we are praying for. There were a lot of tears among uh, some of the men, too, as they were touched by some of the stories and and cares that we could pray for.
0: We're all about helping churches reach the community around them. Maybe they're thinking this is something they they could do, or maybe it's got them dreaming up an idea of their own. Matt, what wisdom would you pass along to churches or individuals who want to reach the people around them for Christ?
2: Well, I'd just say, go for it. Um, you know, uh, obviously I told you, you know, there was this money that no one was aware of, but yet we were still going forward with the idea, you know, and that, and that obviously was a huge factor, but had we not, you know, discussed the idea and decided it's something that we could do, um, we, we would have never known about that seed money. And then, you know, for the last couple of years, the money's come, you know, it's been somewhat of a struggle sometimes, but, uh, you know, God's provided in that, in that way. Um, You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of opinions uh, about this, um, but I think that uh, we have largely won over um, those that are participating and observing this from some skepticism at first to understanding that this is an amazing opportunity to reach out uh, for the community. And so, you know, just uh, be bold. Uh, I think, you know, amazingly, God's provided in this for our church. Hopefully he will continue to do so. and, And who knows, maybe this a broadcast will inspire someone else to do something along those lines.
0: We can hope so. Matt and Dave, thank you so much for being here today. It's been great to have you share about your event. And I can't wait to hear how um, your upcoming Turkey Blessing goes. Um, And I hope that lots of people get to have an enjoyable Thanksgiving because of the work that you are doing. Um, Thank you for being the blessing that you are to your community. And thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: In the book of 2 Corinthians— Paul talked about the generosity of the Macedonians. They gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. They pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. The act of love and kindness shown by those at Concordia Lutheran Church is a reflection of God's generous gifts to us. While there is a great gratitude on behalf of those who receive a turkey dinner, the scope of blessing no doubt exceeds all expectations. What a privilege to be a part of God's work. And now this question, how is God using you? We can't wait to hear. Thanks for joining us for Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legutte. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.